Logbook of Druid Anwas, the journal of an ancient Druid from High Rock. Day 1. I, Anwas, faithful servant of King Kazarayan, have pledged to maintain the record of our journey away from High Rock. While we are not people given to permanence, neither in home nor history, I believe that such a voyage deserves the honor. We seek to establish a new dominion, a place where Druids may thrive and practice our beliefs away from the interferences of cruel outsiders. Our king leads our exodus of vessels across the sea, and we follow him with joy in our hearts. We are not afraid, but filled with hope. Before we set forth, King Kassarayan disappeared from our presence. At first, many of our group feared he left us behind, but I knew better. He would never abandon us. I held steady that our king was out in the world, serving our best interests. When he finally returned, I felt great pride that I never wavered. Although he did not ask directly, I believe he knows that I kept the faith. Day 3. Only a few days on the water now, and spirits remain high. Every morning we gather and pray to Ifre. We ask for him to deliver strong winds to guide our journey, and provide bounties of fish to keep our bellies full. So far, he has fulfilled all of our requests. Tonight, while we supped, I had the fortune to sit with Betris, a hand-servant of our king. She had perhaps a bit too much mulled wine as we spoke, which I did not mind, as it made her smile shine brightly. At one point, she let slip that she'd attended the king during his absence before we embarked. It seems they went to visit the Glenumbra Weird. At first I doubted her story, as it struck me as quite unlikely. She insisted, slightly offended, that I question her honesty. I tried pressing as gently as I could for the purpose of this meeting. Not that I have any right to know about the king's actions, but only out of a regrettable curiosity. Betris knew very little about the reasons, and I believe her. All the king would say is that he'd received a blessing. Sensing that I'd overstepped my place, I quickly poured more wine and changed the subject to the smell of the sea air. Day 15. We continue to sail across the Abyssian, with the winds taking us primarily south. Supplies remain plentiful, even as our ship grows somewhat distant from the others. We did well for ourselves by stocking everything we'd possibly need for an extended stay on the water. I've spent much time in Betris's company since that first supper. She is a delight. I shall not detail our companionship too greatly here, as that's not the purpose of this log, but I share it as an example of the kinship we all still feel for each other. Well, I say all, but Betris has expressed concern over one of us. Sayre, he studies the darker arts, with a focus on the end of Ifre's blessing of life. This is a legitimate venue of investigation, and many of the faithful pursue it. Something about Sayre unsettles me, though. He appears greedy for information. I shall keep my eye on him for the king's sake. Day 32 the winds brought our ship to a tiny, isolated island. As for the rest of our flotilla, there is no sign. We decided to explore briefly and gather supplies before once again setting sail. On the island, we found an entryway of dwarven make. Our people have never had much interaction with the dwarves. We have fundamentally different perspectives on life, and thus never crossed paths. I cannot say that I've ever seen one myself, but their craft is unmistakable. As I write this, Sayre argues for us to open the door and seems quite insistent, which, I admit, worries me. I feel grateful that Betris joined me here. I find her presence a comfort, and she's quite skilled with a staff, should it come to that. Day? I can't even say what day it is. We relented to Sayre's request and opened the dwarven door. It led into a winding, cavernous maze of metal and stone. We found no one inside, but the place thrummed with arcane power. Sayre ran ahead. It seemed to me that he was following something I could not see, like he was beckoned deeper. We chased after him, worried about hidden dangers, but we lost him in the darkness. 
From time to time, his voice would call out, shouts of joy or anger, nonsensical. Betris and I became separated from the rest of the group over the whirring of dwarven construction. We both could hear cackling echoes. Unmistakably, we knew it to be Sayre. We called out, insisting that he rejoin us. As we wandered through the halls, admiring the sea floor, I caught sight of our former companion. He was transformed. Something he'd done down in the depths had removed his flesh and left only the spirit behind. It was such a horror to behold. I do not wish to think on it longer to write a description. We quickly ran as Sayre's voice chased behind us. For a long time, we sought the moving floor so we could leave this horrible place. But we are lost. The more we wander, the closer the voice comes. For now, we've decided to hide in this tunnel. We need to rest. I keep asking myself, why would Ifre lead us to this terrible place? Perhaps it is a test? It seems cruel to challenge us like this. To allow one of our own to transform into such an abomination. To spike such fear into our hearts. Into the heart of the woman I love. But I still have faith. Our king will deliver us from this evil. That the other ships will return to find us. We shall soon see our new home, verdant and glowing. We just need...